Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. There's no dress rehearsal in life. This is the show. This is it. And we all think we have until 90, 100 years old. We don't. Some of us might be lucky to get there. But the reality is that now's the time. And so what are things that bring me joy intrinsically? A lot of times we show up in relationships, in business, and in the world, leaving huge pieces of who we are at the door and only stepping through with a small fragment of who we think people need us to be or see. And when we look behind or we look inside or we look through that door again, we go, oh, I wish I, I really always loved this. or I wanted to do this. Or people go, oh, one day, one day. Well, my message to the world is let's make that one day today. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Brent Freeman. He's the founder and president of Stealth Venture Labs, a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about using business to generate both profits and social impact. In 2009, Brent founded Roost.com, an online marketplace platform for social good consumer brands, and that was featured in Mashable, Forbes, Huffington Post, Inc., The Today Show, NBC, and ABC. He was honoured by Forbes as a name you need to know in 2011. Today, Brent is an angel investor, a former venture capitalist, and he writes for Entrepreneur and Inc. on Startup Life. He is the founder and president at Stealth Venture Labs, has co-founded five other e-commerce brands, and is the chairman of the board of the Bay Area chapter of the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship that teaches entrepreneurship to inner city kids. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain of the InnovaBuzz show, go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. There, you'll be able to get your very own digital token which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community. In the Flywheel Nation community, first of all, you'll get the short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. You'll also have direct access to our amazing podcast guests. You'll be able to ask follow-up questions, engage in conversations with them, and you'll have access to me, of course. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. In our conversation today, Brent talked to me about finding joy in everything, even the seemingly unenjoyable. 
We talked about how finding joy in the small things and investing in them daily creates a compounding effect of happiness over time. And we talked about the journey as the destination and creating from a place of white space. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Brent Freeman. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast from near Lake Tahoe in California, the USA, Brent Freeman, who's the founder and president of Stealth Venture Labs and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about using business to generate both profits and social impact. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Brent. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you so much for having me here. I really, uh, really appreciate it. I'm excited to chat. Me too. Now, I know um, one of the things you talk about, and we had a bit of a laugh about it just before we started recording, is the um, finding joy in, in all the work you do. So that's one area that I'm really looking forward to exploring with you because I know you've done a lot of different things in your entrepreneurial journey and and probably suffered some burnout at some various parts. And, and so coming back to that path of finding joy is something that I think we can all learn from. I, I'm also really interested in, in this balance between um, building profits and social impact. And I just publishing today, I think the uh, conversation I had with Simon Robinson from uh, Holonomics, who very much preaches this philosophy. And um, so it's, it's a really natural fit. <laughs> But before we get on to all of those things, Brent, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Oh, uh, you know, depends on who you ask. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, for me, the, the way that I view impact is that if can I have a, uh, a positive impact on the trajectory of somebody's life to be able to go and live the life that they were destined to to live, whether that be uh, kids uh, that live in disadvantaged areas, low-income areas across the United States, uh, that we teach uh, entrepreneurship, uh, e-commerce, and digital marketing to through various means um, and help them uh, overcome their, their circumstances or maybe their societal um, area that they were born into to create uh, a way out <laughs> all the way through to have a staff of about 40 people in, in my day-to-day -day company and how we treat our team members and, and help them with their health care <laughs> make them feel appreciated and, and loved in the workplace um, uh, so that they're not running at a, a, a constant stress of chronic cortisol um, in yeah. fight or flight with their amygdala triggered at all times, um, which compounded over time uh, creates disease and uh, disharmony and all sorts of uh, issues um, <laughs> through to, excuse me, my, my community of friends, um, people who my, I, uh, work with and, um, and or are just friends with and mentor and help them um, rediscover joy and something that you kind of you made mention to at the beginning of that I've through my entire path and journey uh, as an entrepreneur have learned the hard way uh, chasing the program and of what society tells you makes you happy um, but rather than really investing in the things inside that make you smile from the inside out which is what I refer to as uh, our joy so impact um, is not just financial. Of course, I, I, I donate to nonprofits and 
you know, give back. Um, and we have our own nonprofit. Um, but impact to me is about, um, today I measured and can I help another person on the other end kind of reflect on, uh, what brings them joy in their life and do they start going in that direction more and more? Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Um, and this idea of society expectations in terms of what you should be doing and what will bring you happiness. I mean, one of the traditional views there, I guess, is do this, do that. Here's the path. And when you achieve all these things, then you will find happiness. And, and ah. you're, you've, you've turned that around, right? You say, well, first of all, find, find joy, find happiness. And then you'll start achieving things, uh, provided everything's in alignment. You know, I used to think that um, people chased money and then they became unhappy once they got there because they realized it wasn't fulfilling. But what I realized is that unhappy people chase money and then they end up still being unhappy because they're looking for money to fulfill something inside of them that isn't uh, that isn't fulfilled. And I've been there and I've done that and I've gone the whole cycle um, chasing money and making money and losing money and thinking that it, it's going to make you a whole. And, you know, don't get me wrong, being poor and broke is really difficult too, but it doesn't yeah. mean that you can't be happy. Um, and what I've found through the trials and tribulations of uh, clinical depression and sadness and antidepressants and suicidal thoughts and all of these craziness things where I had chased the material things or the successes that society told me would make me happy. And then when I got there, I actually was more hollow than I had ever felt before. Um, it made me take inventory of why and how and forced me to get perspective on what it was that I was doing in my life. And when I started to like really take the, this, this happiness inventory, this joy inventory that I now call it, I started to realize the things that made me smile from the inside out actually were things that I weren't doing anymore because I was too busy chasing the other things, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the recognition, the money, the, uh, the prestige, the company, the exit, the whatever, right? Uh, the house, the marriage, the, the, all the different things. Um, and, but the things that were actually joyful for me weren't, weren't difficult. They weren't hard. They were little things like uh, watching a sunset somewhere mm. along the line. I had got too busy. I only lived a couple miles from the beach at the time. I got too busy to go and watch the sunset. Yeah. Um, I didn't, couldn't make time for it. And you start to take those small decisions and you compound them over time of self-sacrificing things that bring you joy and happiness for the other things that are supposed to. And it ends up in, in the 30% clinical depression statistics that you have in the United States. And when you get to mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, it's more like 60%, maybe higher. Um, and uh, you start to realize that we, we have a, a, a pandemic in our own right of people losing touch with um, the things that truly make them make them smile from the inside out. And so my own journey through the, the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurship and chasing and getting married and getting divorced and, and having all the things and losing all the things and all the, all of the, everything in between allowed me to realize that it's the, it's the, it's the, the connection back to really our childhood self to, of the things that, that bring us true joy. And then the daily habit, of investing in those things, small yeah. could be daily over time creates a compounding effect of happiness. And uh, I call it the ROJ, the return on joy <laughs> of that compounding effect over time. All of a sudden you start looking around and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I've created mm. a life where I'm happy. It may be that you 
the funny thing and the paradox uh, kind of the universe is that the more that you slow down and invest in these joyful day-to-day things, Hmm. the more it feels like a distraction at first. Yeah. But over time, it actually is the thing that expedites and speeds up the law of attraction of bringing the other things that you were maybe chasing before. But due to the energy of chasing, um, either pushed it away from you farther or it wasn't really what you wanted in the first place. That's right. It allows you to sort of allows the mind to quieten down and, and unconscious stuff bubble up that, that brings new ideas and new thoughts and also clarifies where your focus should be. Yeah. yeah. I was reminded as you're talking there, I was reminded of a story I heard. I don't know if you know this story. It's a parable about a Mexican fisherman and he's, he's, there on the beach just coming back from his his daily fishing trip with his catch and there's a guy on the beach that's a consultant for McKinsey or somebody and he says oh tell me what you do and so the fisherman says well I go out in the morning for a couple of hours I fish come back home uh, take the fish to market sell the fish and then I spend the uh, that's right and then I'm done by noon and the consultant says, well, what do you do for the rest of the day? He says, well, I go home and enjoy sort of time with my wife and, and play with my grandchildren and just have fun. And the guy said, well, have you ever thought of going out fishing in the afternoon? Because, you know, you've obviously there's lots of fish there. You could bring back twice the amount of fish and, and then earn twice the amount of money. And, and the guy said, yeah, and then what? said, well, then, you know, if you have twice the amount of money, you can start investing back into the business and you can buy another boat and hire another fisherman and then two of you could go out for the whole day and bring back all these fish. And and, and the fisherman says, yeah, and then what? He says, well, then, you know, you invest the profits back into the business and you double, you, so you buy another two boats, hire another two fishermen and, and so on. It just keeps going like this. And he says, and then what? He says, well, then you get, you know, you become a millionaire. And he says, well, then what? He says, well, then you can sell a business. And he says, well, then what? Well, then you can go home and spend time with your wife and enjoy your grandchildren. <laughs> it's I, I have heard that, and it is brilliant, and it is so apropos to um, my life uh, over the years. Currently, we get – we're so inculcated in this program uh, of society of what success looks like mm-hmm. and the trajectory and the track that people actually aren't motivated by money. No, 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 no. What people are motivated by is what money can bring. And money can bring freedom. Mm-hmm. It certainly can buy you you know, nice things and all those things. But actually what people want when they say they want money is they want freedom. Yeah. And so what I have, what I have done over the last 15 years of my entrepreneurial career is I have gone on, uh, I've swung the pendulum in all the directions, chasing just the money for its own sake, giving back to, and just for its own sake, both businesses failed. And then in this current, uh, state of my career, I've really, really focused on uh, being the fisherman who um, has enough to be able to share, go around and make an impact, but making sure that I'm enjoying the journey because the journey is the destination. There is mm-hmm. no other destination. We're not promised the end. We're not promised any other anything. And so I'm going to enjoy the ride. And now it's interesting. Science is starting to come out and back up what's going on behind here around uh, understanding dopamine and what happens when people hit these big milestones or get these big things. And then they're, they're unhappy. They sell the company. They work all these and they sell the company and then they fall into depression, but they have the money. Um, why is that the case? Um, and it's because dopamine is fleeting. It's not forever. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a quick hit. 
And, um, and so if we can learn how to along the way find joy in the unenjoyable, the seemingly unenjoyable to say, wow, that was a hard day, but you know what? I really liked how I did this. So I really am excited about this little piece over here. Yeah, there's a lot going on and what's happening, but if I can find some, we start to enjoy the ride. And the irony around all of that is that the universe is just built of uh, just vibrations, right? It's just us talking here, the internet, it's all vibrations and frequencies, music, right? All of it is just frequency. Mm. Just because you can't see the internet or see music doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? Um, color is just frequency. And so thoughts and emotions and uh, um, your, your vibration that comes off of your body, whether you're nervous, you're anxious or whatever, puts frequency out into the universe. <clears throat> and when we have the nervous, anxious, and all of that negative, uh, low vibration of emotions, we put out into the universe that, and that's what we track back. And so this idea of law of attraction that goes back to the Napoleon Hill days uh, of, uh, you know, think and grow rich, the classic yeah. uh, text, all the way through to today's work of like Dr. Joe Dispenza, for example, hmm. um, who is teaching how, People can use meditation to tap into uh, the frequency of the universe, <coughs> whether it be, excuse me, to, to heal or manifest the life uh, that they've always wanted. It is really just centered around how do we understand that that Mexican fisherman is success and when is enough enough and how the hard part is the pressure, the outside pressure that comes in to say the McKinsey consultant on the beach, they're on vacation, you know, and it can easily get caught up and say, yeah, I'm going to grow. And wouldn't that be great? And so the hard part is understanding when is it achievement? When is it ego? When are we already there and how to take inventory of those things? And then it's the compounding daily actions, the mindful piece of it, the, um, the piece of investing back into, so going back to the joy side of it, I do an, a daily, uh, sorry, an annual practice of what I call my list of joy. And I go through, <clears throat> it started out the first year with only like five things because I was so removed hmm. from things that brought me joy. Now it's somewhere over 200. <laughs> and what's interesting is the five things were pretty big things at the time. It was like sunsets were one of them, <clears throat> going to Italy, it's a passion of mine, speaking Italian, being with my family, right? And these, these big, these big items now, the more in touch with joy you get, the more joy you um, become in touch with. And mm. so now things like fresh fallen snow uh, and just watching. I live in I live in Lake Tahoe. Uh, and so watching just the snowflakes come down, it's a really small thing. Mm. But if I, I could just easily blast through my day and never take notice of that, or I could stop, take a look at that and say, wow, how amazing is that? And that's mm. an investment in joy. And it the is, more yeah. we become, the more we become aware of it, the more we invest into it, the more our energy goes into that direction, um, the happier we become to where we get to that point where the McKinsey, uh, you know, consultant on the beach comes up to us when we're the fishermen and say, you know, why does that matter? And why does that matter? Yeah. So I can get back to where I am now, hmm. right? I'm already there. The journey is the destination. So, um, yeah, it's a beautiful story. And I think it is, uh, it's perfect for kind of how I live my life. Uh, and my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love what you said there about the list of joy and, and finding joy in the little things because one of the things I guess that that does, if we're aware of of little things that happen all around us every day, 
that that actually bring us joy. And if we're aware of them happening and pay attention to them happening, then even if we're having a tough time, we can still reflect back on that and say, well, this thing that happens every day that brings me joy, I noticed it today. So therefore it brought me joy. So That's it. What you focus on, you focus on creating. Hmm. And, you know, that law of the universe of, you know, where your focus goes, your energy flows, what you focus on expands. There's many different ways to say it, but the way I like to uh, put it is what you focus on, you focus on creating because I believe we're creators. And if we step into the power of creating every day, every morning I ask myself, what will you create today? Right here. I, what will you create today? In my, right? <laughs> I have one also on, on my coffee machine, right? And <laughs> the, the idea of we are creators allows us to say, okay, I'm in control. And if I'm in control, even in the world of things that can seem uncontrollable, tough times, loss, failures, um, sadness, all of that, there are moments of joy throughout our day that if we tap into them can be the respites and the breaths that we need to give us hope. Uh, and those moments can be come in the form as I, I, I have dogs of just that morning cuddle with a dog or just stopping to recognize how much they love you and how, you know, and just looking at them and being with them and connecting with them in, in spirit. It could be, you know, going for a walk. It could be just the, the, the feeling of fresh air on your face. There is, Nothing too little that couldn't bring us joy. It's just a matter of, of getting back in touch with it, hmm. being mindful of it, and then and then investing in it daily because life's hard. Life, you know, there's no there's no um, there's no sugarcoating it. Nothing yeah. is easy, and so um, if life is going to be a difficult journey, difficult journeys um, don't always have to be unenjoyable. Difficult journeys can have joy along the way. Um, and, and, and also, you know, to, to kind of dovetail on that, I have found in my life that my biggest hardships, really any hardship I've been through, and there's been many, losing my mom when I was seven years old, and business failures, and divorce, and uh, deep clinical depression, and suicidal thoughts, and I've been through lots of ups and lots of downs, <clears throat> but the hardships that I've gone through, when you run an equator exercise of my life, and if I were to plot all of the of the hardships in my life on the below the equator, the hardest bits where I was running the lowest. Invariably, within a few months, weeks, and years, the joys, the highest peaks of my life, were rooted in the seedlings of those of that joy. And so I have started to, to remind myself that my hardships are seedlings for future joy. And when you're in that hardship, it's no respite. It doesn't help me feel, oh, this is great. One day I'm going to be <laughs> joyful. But it does remind me that this too shall pass. Yeah. And just like clouds in the sky, right? They're only temporary. They're only just passing. And the sun is always shining behind them. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's a great message. I love that. And I love the metaphor. Um, you mentioned a lot of kind of tough times that you've gone through there mm -hmm. and, and also earlier on you referred to you were in the rat race you were chasing money you were kind of just pushing and you lost sight of a lot of things that brought you joy was there a moment where kind of you stopped and said to yourself i have to change this and what did you do then to if if there was that moment what did you do to change that or if there wasn't a moment what were the habits that you kind of put in place to change things so 
I'm still in the rat race. I just know how to get off the wheel. (laughs) That's the reality. So, and the answer to your overall question of beat, meaning I run a company, I'm a for-profit business, we have clients that we serve. Um, there's a lot of pressure around it. I just know when and how to control and regulate and pattern interrupt to be able to get off of the hamster wheel and understand when is that fish and time with my family enough going back to the metaphor. So pattern interrupt is the key. And pat- what all pattern interrupt means is that if we're in, uh, in high beta brainwaves, which is like a level of high cortisol, um, and, and stress, fight or flight response, <clears throat> What we need to do neurologically when we're in that state of fight or flight is we need to either have the thing that is causing us to have that fight or flight response go away. Or if that thing, which, you know, used to be the, the lion on the savannah or the, you know, beast chasing us, you know, but, um, now it's the emails and the slacks and the video calls and the meetings and the, right. And so it's constant. What we have to do is we have to pattern interrupt. We have to do something to break that high state of cortisol so we can come down into the alpha state. Um, alpha state is a creative state. So it goes beta, alpha, um, theta, and then delta. Delta is sleep and theta is your hypnosis state where typically you're kind of like quickly passing through on the way as you fall asleep but you don't really get into it. It's your suggestible state. When you're in deep meditation, you're typically in theta um, and your body is asleep and your mind is awake and you're in this deep restful state. And so going back to your question, what happened to me, there was a moment where I was living in San Francisco in a high rise, beautiful penthouse apartment and had the Mercedes in the garage and like my own company and all the accolades and this, that, and the other. But as I sat there and I looked out the window, uh, this kind of cloudy, foggy day um, with an unobstructed view of the bay and it was amazing, I thought about taking my life. And I, I had never had that before. I'd had some depression, but I was going through a, a divorce. My heart was broken business partner breakups. The business was going through some serious challenges and I needed to pivot and change. Um, I was overweight and I was chasing all the things and I had all the things, but nothing was working out the way I wanted it to. And I wasn't happy. And there I was thinking about maybe it's better if I end my life. And as I did that, going back to this cloud that I mentioned earlier, I literally saw the clouds pass and it reminded me that emotions, while heavy, uh, are like weather. It's like clouds. It's only temporary. And they're always passing. And the sun is always there. The sun is always there, no matter yeah. the weather in front of it. Yeah. The sun is always shining behind it. And I had this like snap to moment where um, I said, fuck it. I'm going to go do something different today. Everything that I'm doing isn't working for me. So I need to change everything. And I canceled yeah. all my meetings and I did everything. And I said, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go to the beach. And it was in the afternoon and I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch a sunset because I mm. remember back to being a kid, um, how much joy that brought me with my family and along the way, how, you know, that I had stopped doing it. So that, that day that brought me to the beach in San Francisco, Baker Beach, super magical place. Mm. Um, and I watched the sunset for the first time in years. And as I sat there watching, you know, sun go down, I burst into tears and I started cathartically um, releasing all of this pent up chase into this relaxation of like, holy crap, how have I gone so far off of what brings me joy? And um, I started thinking, no wonder I'm, I'm so depressed. I'm not doing anything that makes me <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually like intrinsically happy. 
And then I started thinking about, and that's the day that I started to list of joy, other things that bring me joy. And I sat down and I couldn't remember other things. And it was really sad. But then I was like, no, I'm just going to sit here and remember back to when I was a kid. And mountain biking in Italy and, you know, these different things. And I made this list, five-ish, five to ten items. And I made a commitment to myself that day to make these small daily investments into things that brought me joy. And um, from that day forward, about five years ago, it has been this compounding effect of happiness. And it's not all up and up. There's been ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you pull back on the linear, it obviously is up and to the right. But in it, there's ups and there's downs and there's trials and tribulations. And there's one foot in front of the next. But those daily investments into joy and, okay, Italy brings me so much joy. Right? So that I went home that day and I booked a trip to Italy by myself. Mm-hmm. To Rome. Um, I had lived in Florence when, in 2006 uh, when I was in college. I hadn't spent much time in Rome and, and I was an Italian minor, but I, had, I was really losing the language. Um, and so I booked a trip by myself to Rome and then just went and explored. I met yeah. incredible people and a, an Italian Nona grandma and her granddaughter um, who became like my adopted family. Now we have a business together and olive oil and pasta making experiences. And it was because I invested into joy, that beauty then came out of it. And um, so, yeah, I had a zeitgeist moment and it was a pattern interrupt that changed the trajectory. And it was the pattern interrupt of saying, I am feeling this way. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling all these different things. I hit my rock bottom um, and I'm going to, I'm going to make a change. Uh, and that was my pattern interrupt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have to change when they hit the rock bottom. Could for whatever reason, you know, they just, it's not bad enough. And I think what's beautiful about what's happening right now is there's a lot of people who are making the change, not in just the pain and in the suffering, but they're making the change out of um, self-actualization desire. And they're saying, actually, that sounds pretty good. I like to do some of that. I don't need to be suicidal looking out yeah. a window, you know, or get, you know, be going in bankruptcy or into, you know, some sort of, um, you know, alcohol, whatever that, you know, rock bottom is for different people. It typically catalyzes change. Um, uh, beautifully, what's happening right now is there's a lot of enlightenment going around. Uh, people saying, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'd like to do mm. it that way. Yeah, yeah, make the change before you get yeah. down the dip, change it halfway. Mm-hmm. So um, so you have this quite long list of joy now. What's what's your go? So I'm guessing that's your go-to. Tell us a little bit about if if you're in a situation where there's deadlines to meet, there's pressures coming on, there's a thousand things to do today and you can only do 10 of them. Um, how do you how do you bring that pattern interrupt to bear? You're describing my current reality. So uh, <laughs> I am in that uh, crunch time on, on the career side of things. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff happening. I'm working those very long hours um, uh, and there's a lot, there's way too much to do and not enough hours in the day. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and a lot of performance, things that need to happen. <clears throat> so what I do is I have a morning orbit and an evening <coughs> wind down routine that help me stay in that investments of joy. Um, and I'm also very focused on um, the fundamental items. So like in sport, uh, you have, it doesn't matter if it's basketball or football or it doesn't matter. Every, every great athlete has great footwork and great fundamentals that mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, they use those footworks and fundamentals, um, to help them push through a, a, a difficult time or in the, you know, the last period or quarter or whatever it may be. <clears throat> and so I view when, I, when crunch time happens, that's actually when my footwork and my fundamentals come into play. 
And that's my morning orbit and evening wind down routines, which have joy embedded into them. And it's not like, yay, I'm so happy. And this is like <laughs> last night, I was destroyed, tired, but I took time to invest into my relationship with my girlfriend to spend quiet time together on a place in our house where has a beautiful view we call Life TV. And Life <laughs> TV is a big windows. And we sit there and we talk and we connect and we go into spirituality and we go and we just have these moments of, of connection together, right? And my wind down routine starts at about 7 p.m. Um, and then I'm in bed by 9, 9.30. I'm wearing blue light blockers to make sure that I can have my melatonin production happen naturally. <clears throat> I've shut off my email. I'm not on my computer. I'm typically not watching television. Um, and I am working. I've, I've dimmed the lights in my house. We either have candles on or they're soft. I'm not eating past uh, about 7, 7.30. Got my body time to digest. And so by the time I get into bed, um, I usually fall asleep within three, three to five minutes, typically. Hmm. And then when I'm sleeping, you get your best sleep uh, between uh, your, your first kind of four or five hours of sleep is when the deep sleep happens. Um, and so if I wait until about midnight, uh, typically I lose my deep sleep. And so I get my deep sleep typically between 9.30 and 1 a.m. And then you kind of go into lighter sleep and REM sleep uh, as you start to wake up. And I wake up with no alarm. I go to bed early enough to wake up with no alarm. And I'm up between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. I, when I first started this, it was centered around, um, I had actually really had to have like a backstop alarm just in case I overslept, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Um, because it takes a while for your body to reset its circadian hmm. rhythm, but it does it relatively quick. And then um, I wake up between 6.30 and 7, and I don't take a single meeting uh, until 9.30 a.m. So by the time I wake up to the time I take a meeting, I am not at all. I haven't checked email. My email, all my notifications are off on my phone completely. Hmm. I don't have any of those red yeah crack cocaine looking things that are addictive. I don't have any news outlets. I've, I've scrubbed it from my life. The first thing I do when I wake up is I am typically trying to read something that is inspiring, a quote, uh, listen to something, uh, a talk on YouTube. And your brainwaves are moving at the fastest it can between uh, when you wake up and when you, uh, like the first 20, 30 minutes. And I go into subconscious priming. I have goals and affirmations that I say <clears throat> right before I go to bed and right when I wake up. Last thing I take in and last thing and first thing I look at. And then after I do my affirmations, <clears throat> I go into a meditation. Um, and I do meditations between 20 minutes and 90 minutes, depending on how early I wake up. Uh, guided, always guided. Um, and uh, using music and, and there's lots of stuff on YouTube and Dr. Dave Spence is amazing. And there's lots of other amazing uh, meditation gurus out there. <clears throat> then I take out a little infrared sauna in the house. I do uh, hot cold therapy infrared sauna, cold plunge, um, and I haven't checked anything. I haven't had coffee, nothing, right? Then after that, I uh, I do a stretching yoga routine, 20 minutes, some push-ups, uh, some sit-ups, things like that, stretching, get my body moving. Now I have coffee. And mm. now I sit on live TV and I invest in joy. My dog cuddles with me. My girlfriend usually is there. We spend, even if we only have two minutes, when we're busy and a lot going on, we stop. And we say, no, 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 let's just take this in and we ask each other, what are we going to create today? And we tell each other, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then off to the races, shower, cool, <laughs> come into the office. And so even amongst the most busy days of my career, which are I'm in right now, I am stopping to my fundamentals and my footwork, if you will, my orbit, mm -hmm. my wind down, and I'm investing in the things in those areas that bring me, that bring me joy. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I get to the weekends, and if I have more free time, 
Now I'm looking at different areas where I can maybe be more active or do other things that are on my list. But snowed here last night. I stopped and I looked at mm-hmm. snow falling on my list. <laughs> uh, we're going to Italy for Christmas. So I went and I looked at places and how we are going to go and plan that. That's an investment you enjoy. Does that, does that make sense? So it's, mm, it's just about being sense, mindful yeah. and conscious. Of yeah. It, even amid and, busy time. Yeah. One of the key things there for me, I guess, is, is not letting the pressures of what's happening in the work environment, not letting that take over all your time. So keeping, yeah. keeping your time, your precious time where you have your routines that are bringing you joy that, that build those fundamentals protecting those and, and keeping that routine going. And the paradox of that is yeah. that you're actually a lot more productive in, in the times when you are working then and you probably get more done. That's it. Um, we have a desire to, when we're super, super busy and slammed, to just work, 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 work. And we think that that is going to solve it brute force. And I've learned the hard way that it, all that leads to is burnout more stress, that high cortisol, and you can't solve, Einstein said, you can't solve problems at the same level of, of consciousness yeah. that created it. And so um, you need to pattern interrupt, and the way you pattern interrupt is actually by creating some white space. And in that, you are going to come against yourself in a program that says you need to work more, you need to work harder, <laughs> the hustle and grind culture, and that's where the pattern interrupt says, nope, actually, I'm going to take this time to reset and rejuvenate um, and of course there is times when sometimes you just got to be heads down and crush. I mean, that mm. is just sometimes the, the, the nature of the beast, but that leads to burnout that leads to stress that leads to depression and chronic disease and unhappiness. And, uh, and so what I find, you know, we've all had these moments where, Oh wow, that, I can't believe in the shower. I came up with this or I had <laughs> yeah, the, exactly or on the toilet <laughs> yeah. and it's because uh, we're not, we're just, we're just in blank space. Hmm. We're just in white space. So um, what I coach my team on um, and what I really live myself is um, the investment in the white space is an investment in the answer. Hmm. Sometimes it feels counterproductive uh, and paradoxical, but paradoxical. But um, it's actually, that's what I said, the paradox of the universe is the more you slow down, the faster your dreams can true. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And, and for me, combining that white space philosophy with with something that does bring you joy uh, like i know my regular listener will know that for me a lot of that is bike riding or, or taking photographs so i can i can go out and everything else just melts away almost um, particularly when i'm photographing i just i'm just so focused on what am i trying to capture here what am i trying to create or what image am i trying to portray how am i trying to portray that what story am i trying to tell with that image and everything else just melts away and um, I can go a whole day. Actually, I have gone a whole day and all of a sudden I realize, hey, the light's faded. <laughs> it's the end of the day. <laughs> uh, but as you say, that's that's that white space. And usually I come back refreshed. I come back full of ideas. And whatever I do from there on in is just so much more productive. That's it. You mm-hmm. are in flow state when you're doing that. Um, and you are what's happening neurologically is your brain is going from these high beta brain waves of, of cortisol and stress, or even mid range or kind of low beta, which is just straight consciousness. You're in alpha. It's flow state. It's where athletes are when they're skiing down the hills or you, when you're in mm. photography, I too, photography is on my list of joy. Um, it is something that I've, I grew up doing. I had a camera in my hand before, you know, I could throw a baseball. 
Um, and my father's a cinematographer and director of photography. Oh, wow. And so, so I, I grew up, you know, doing that and mm. I, I, I have the same passion as you. So for me, so photography, I have the beautiful cameras and I can do all the different stuff and plan out a big trip and I'll be in flow all day and I'll love it. But for me, the magic too of things like photography is you can take a little thing like this mm. and you, I can just go outside in this beautiful, you know, snowy weather and find something. And just by even that small, Oh, I don't have time to go and do a photography trip or go and shoot this. I yeah, can go exactly. outside. I can take a walk and I can see something. I can find something and I can have that small expression. And it's like, it's like a neurological exhale where mm. your body is like thanking you. Right. Cause we're not meant to just grind all day on work for ourselves or other people and do that. We, we are so much more complex than that. Right. Mm. We're spiritual beings having a human experience and, and uh, we forget that sometimes we get really lost do, into yeah. kind of like hmm. you know our three D world. So for those of you that were listening there and and not watching the video, Brent just held up his his smartphone there, um, pointing out Thank that yeah. we don't need to we don't necessarily need to own our expensive camera gear, or do we need to have it with us all the time? Because for me, um, I ditched my SLR film gear some time ago because it, it was just so heavy to carry around and I found it was in the in the cupboard most of the time and that's when I started taking more and more photographs with the smartphone because exactly as yes. you said we have it with us all the time pretty much and I yeah. my late last two smartphones I've actually purchased with the criteria of it has to be the same. one with the best camera everything else is not important <laughs> Yeah, same, hmm. same. And that, see, and, and look what happens too when we start to dial into things like that, the smile on your face, the passion <laughs> in your voice, right? And we could, you and I could geek out on, on the photography yeah. side of things, you know, and, and, and what happens is, is people, there is, there, well, I keep referring to the program and, the, and, you know, we are, our brain, our brains are, are, are really neuroplastic, but by the time hmm. we're about 30, 35, yeah. The way that we've been programmed by society, our family, media, outlets, work, friends, college, you know, career, it becomes kind of ingrained. Think like a, think like a, a rut in a, in a, in a road that a wagon wheel goes on. And mm. it's kind of like, that's the road. And that's the way we do things. And it's the patterns and behaviors. And that's the program. This is how you should look, feel, act, do what is societal, everything. And people become either afraid. Um, of really go, really rediscovering who they are, or they've just lost so much touch, right? It's just straight up Peter Pan going back to Neverland of forgetting, you know, what it was like to be an adult to get back to, you know, the joy of being a, a, a child again. <clears throat> and then when you get adults like us and we start having the conversations around like photography and passion mm. and things like that, we start getting back into our child's mind. Yeah. We start getting excited. We have these big smiles, dopamine release, the serotonin, you know, it's like, it's this beautiful scenario that changes our neurochemistry. Mm. And as we do that, we start to be more hopeful. We start to be more happy. We start to attract more of that, right? And at the beginning, just like getting back into the gym, if you haven't been to the gym in a while and forever, um, you're going to break down lactic acid when you mm. go back to the gym physically and your muscles are going to be sore and it's going to effing suck for weeks until you break through a plateau and then all of a sudden the endorphins hit, right? Mm. <clears throat> As you try and start to change your mind, the neuroplasticity on that is going to snap you back into old behaviors. It's going to be hard. 
It's going to feel difficult and it's going to feel all sorts of emotions, guilt and, and uh, worry and anxiety and things like that. But um, repeated behavior over time creates uh, uh, the law of neuroscience is neuro- neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more you do things, the more it becomes the way. Yeah. And um, we're in a really interesting space and time now where um, uh, meditation uh, is helping people be able to rewire, to be able to kind of create a blank canvas and rewire uh, a lot of their their um, their old patterns and behaviors. And then even into psychedelic therapy um, of people, uh, war veterans coming back from war, using psychedelic therapy to help them cure PTSD hmm. um, in ways that traditional pharmaceuticals hadn't been able to. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Michael Pollan wrote a really interesting book called How to Change Your Mind um, that covers a lot of this. And, hmm. and, uh, and it's, it's just we're just living in a really interesting time where science is starting to back up kind of what we're what we're saying here around why it's important and not a waste of time for you to go out and do that photography and what yeah. that does to the, uh, the other parts of your life. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, um, this is fascinating. And um, if we go down the photography path, as you say, we could probably talk for hours. <laughs> well, I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. It's okay. the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is you'll give us some answers to inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today. Not if you've already given us plenty to inspire us to do something awesome. So, yeah, let's do it. Probably, probably the answers are already in our conversation, but we'll just recap. So what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Slow down, take that white space, invest in joy. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I thought that might be the answer, <laughs> but yeah. it was good to recap. Yeah. All right. And what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? It's the same answer. I've invested in the joy um, mm. and uh, I've created that white space. I've invested in that white space and um, uh, I, I am an avid, avid listener. <clears throat> I'm dyslexic and I have ADD, so reading doesn't work for me. Books. And I listen to audible books uh, at two or three times speed while walking. Mm. And it has, it, I, I've read about 300 books or listened to about 300 books in the last five, seven odd years. Whereas prior to that, maybe it was three books I read. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so by using audible or another, you know, any, any of these sites that, that uh, read books aloud, it, it um, gets me out of my, my surroundings and problems. I'm physically moving. I do it when I walk. Um, and uh, it sparks new ideas um, yeah. and allows me to think differently uh, to create that white space. And then just taking time, whether it's being in nature, going for a walk, quiet, um, traveling, uh, that, that stuff is really important to give my brain the ability to like come down out of the fight or flight. Hmm. Excellent. And yeah, I'm impressed that you're listening to three times. I'm, I'm up to about 2.2. <laughs> Sometimes ah, I have to. That's pretty good. Some, yeah, sometimes I have to slide down. Depends on on how quickly the the reader is yes. is speaking. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, when it's at three, you are speed listening, and um, I really have to. I can't do it while sitting. Actually, I have to do it only while in motion. Um, okay. And somebody told me That's I don't know the accuracy yeah. of this. We'll have to check it. Um, somebody told me again. Don't know the accuracy of this. Is that there is properties when you're moving that your bone actually conducts sound to help you hear and digest more. I haven't looked into it. I thought it was a fascinating hmm. concept, um, but uh, can't, can't tell you the validity of it. 
<laughs> Excellent. All right, we'll explore that some more. I know there's some yeah. headphones headphones you can get that actually sit on your temples so that you can they're specifically for sports and they go through the bone vibration so that your ears are free to hear what's going on around you. There you go. That might be it. Mm. That might be it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now what's a favorite resource you use? Well, Audible again is 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 a massive mm. one. Um <clears throat> I'm a part of entrepreneur organization, uh, EO, uh, and we have a, a group that I, I it's a worldwide organization of 15,000 entrepreneurs worldwide broken into local chapters and then broken down into small forums where we meet uh, five to 10 people every month. And it's a group of people who just understand your challenges as unique, uh, you know, as entrepreneurs. And so, um, the resources there are inside of my peers. Um, of mm -hmm. sharing and getting, um, experience shared and not feel as alone is, is massive. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, continued education, two things. So uh, what I do on Audible is when I'm listening to a book uh, and anywhere in that book, they recommend another book, I immediately go buy it, download it. Um, and so I kind of use that as my next recommendation engine because typically when they're mentioning it, it's, it's uh, adjacent or you know, inside mm. of, kind of what we're doing. So that helps me build my library and I continue to, to listen and read. I also listen in the mornings when I'm doing my, my morning stretching and yoga and kind of a little bit of a mini workout routine. I listen to YouTube, um, YouTube premiums so where there's no commercials or any of that stuff, which is annoying. Um, and I listen to these 15 minute interviews typically, 15 to 20 minute, anywhere from Tom Bilyeu to Ed Milet to Dispenza to, I mean, anything in between Oprah, Tony Robbins, doesn't matter. Sadhguru, I don't care. Um, I go in and I, I listen to them as I'm doing this movement um, on some topic and it just sparks ideas. It's nothing having to do necessarily with what I need, but it gives me thoughts, mm. gives me ideas, allows me to connect my own dots uh, mm. in there. And, um, you know, I'm not on YouTube watching cat videos. I'm not on YouTube watching inspiration. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, there's lots of, lots of, um, I mean, it, it really strikes me as you're, you're seeking out every opportunity to learn and expand your horizons and, and grow, which um, I think that's really key. That's the the abundance mindset. There's information there. There's people to connect to that know something that we don't. And so we can always yes. learn. Hmm. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Excellent. All right. Now, what's the best way to keep a project on track? Huh. Um, the first thing that came to mind was have good people around you to help you with it. Uh, and <laughs> To keep a project on track by myself, um, it's having a really clear vision. So I operate under the philosophy and the framework of if the what and the why are compelling and strong enough, the how follows. Hmm. And so if the what and the why are compelling and strong enough, um, keeping a project on track is just part of the how. Okay, great. This is what we want to do. Let's, how do we go get it? Whether it's we don't have enough money let's find the money if it's compelling enough you will find the money if we hmm. um, have the money um, and you know we want to do it okay how do we budget that money um, and so to keep a project on track it's about being honest with yourself around where your strengths and weaknesses are trying not to take on too much yourself having a really compelling what and why and a vision right and um, surrounding yourself with great people who can help you make that dream a reality um, uh, one of the biggest strengths anyone can have is knowing when they need to ask for help and mm. knowing when they can um when, knowing how to bring other amazing people in 
to help them uh, uh, achieve that vision. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really important point, and I think most of us tend to wait far too long before we ask for help. And the other thing, of course, that that's key in that is sort of follows on from what you said about being really clear about the the why and the what, the vision um, is being able to articulate that vision in a way that everybody that you you ask for help that they can buy into it and that they can really see it the way you see yeah. it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, fully. fully. Hmm. Excellent. All right. Final question of the buzz round. What's the number one thing anyone could do to differentiate themselves? It's a great question. Be authentically themselves. We, going back to the program, it's there for a reason, to create order, to have systems, to be all of that. But that is not who we are. Sometimes people get into it and they're happy and that's fine or they're, they're you know, mediocrely happy or mediocrely sad, but it's not good enough or not bad enough to make changes. The best way people can differentiate themselves is be fundamentally true with who they are, what they're passionate about, what they believe in, what brings them joy, and be unapologetic about living a life uh, that is is rooted in those things. Mm. We don't, uh, there's no dress rehearsal in life. And uh, we're here. This is the show. This is it. And we all think we have until 90, 100 years old. You don't. Some of us might be lucky to get there. Um, but uh, the reality is, is that now's the time. And so to differentiate yourself, really drop into what's your superpower. What do you, what is that piece that makes you authentically you? You might have been suppressing it. You might not know, but you know, somewhere along the lines, mm. right? Uh, and, um, and get back to that and, and, and say, okay, what, a, what, a, what leads into those? What are things that bring me joy intrinsically that lead into that so I can be more authentically mm. myself? Um, a lot of times we show up in relationships and business, um, and in the world, leaving huge pieces of who we are at the door and only stepping through with a small fragment of who we think people need us to be or see. And when we look behind or we look inside or we look through that door again, oh, I wish I, I really always loved this or I wanted to do this or, you know, mm. and um, uh, people go, oh, one day, one day. Well, my message yeah. to the world is uh, let's make that one day today. Today, yeah, <laughs> excellent. I yeah. love it, yeah. yeah. and. And part of that, of course, is is really how we, building that self awareness of what is my superpower, what what are the things that really define me as a person, and and then becoming comfortable with that. And I guess the the list of joys is certainly one way to learn more about yeah. that. Yeah, hmm. and it's a practice. It's a muscle. It's um it's something that I encourage all your listeners to do. It's simple. Sit down. Write down things intrinsically, not extrinsically, not what you should feel joy with. But mm. like typically when you think about it, you're like, oh, that was fun. Or that was amazing. It's that little like mm, that little smirk, you know, and and you write them down and then you say, well, I'm not doing any of those things. And it doesn't mean you need to go on a trip to the Andes. You might mm. love hiking or, you know, it, great. Go out and take a walk <laughs> Get yeah. in nature. Right. Or mm. or just, you know, go and look at a or watch a, a little documentary on that. You know, there's there's so many different adjacent ways to do it. Mm. It's just getting back in touch is step one. And having awareness uh, is step one. And and then you can kind of build uh, on it from there. And the more you do that, the more you authentically show up as yourself, 
And the more you authentically show up yourself, the more you differentiate in the world and people take notice. Excellent. Well, we'll, we'll um, summarize that as today's takeaway action. I think that's a really great one to, to um, feature. So thanks, Brent. This has been really fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, about all the work you do, your personal sure. website, I know, and, and also the business? We haven't talked much about your business, but you know, <laughs> where can they find out more about that? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. This has uh, been a, a one, wonderful conversation and, uh, and um, I hope your, your listeners got some value. Um, you know, my core company is called Stealth Venture Labs uh, and we're a growth marketing agency for e-commerce brands in the United States and kind of around those, those territories. Uh, so stealthventurelabs.com is that core business. That's my day to day. Um, and then my personal website is brentfreeman.me, brentfreeman.me. Um, and I'm behind the scenes. I'm writing a book and working on a bunch of things that probably over the next five years will publish and do a lot more around. Um, but I'm pretty busy with my day job. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I joke with my own mentor and coach. He goes, you know, as I'm go, as I go through my different challenges, he goes, it's just another chapter in your book, right? And it's just yeah. another example. <laughs> and so, um, over the next few years, we'll be releasing more and more of this content kind of, uh, in book form and, and online form, but brentfreeman.me and then Instagram is brent. Uh, underscore underscore freedom. Hmm. Excellent. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes so people can check them out. And um, awesome. yeah, I look forward to the book as well. I love the the metaphor. It's just another chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. the conclusion. It's helpful. Yeah. yeah. It's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, finally, Brent, who else should I get on the show and why? Oh, great question. Two people. Uh, one is the mentor I was just telling you about. Uh, his name is Alden Mills. Beautiful human, former Navy SEAL, platoon commander two times, uh, serial entrepreneur, founder of a $100 million consumer brand in the United States. And then now all he's doing is teaching the world how to lead from a place of heart-centeredness. So his mm -hmm. name's Alden Mills. Uh, and the other one is Finn Kelly. Um, Finn Kelly is a, is a dear brother from another mother who is um, from, he's a Kiwi, uh, and uh, he is um, teaching the world Similar to kind of what I'm talking about on joy, but with regards to how to live a life of intentionality uh, mm -hmm. and how to use intentionality to create the life of your dreams. Um, and he's got a whole framework and structure. He's a big time public speaker. And those two gentlemen, uh, you would love. Excellent. Well, we'll get you to introduce us to both Alden and Happy Finn and, and we'll reach yeah. out to them and begin the process. So thanks again, Brent. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously today. I've loved the conversation. We've um, delved into a couple of my passions and the whole neuroscience and mindset area and, and also touched on photography and a little bit on sport and some other metaphors as well. But yeah, it's been a great conversation. I'm sure there's lots to take away for our listener and I wish you all the best for the future and please do stay in touch. Thank you so much, Jurgen. I really appreciate it, man. This was great. Bye. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that engaging and really inspirational conversation with Brent and took something away from his episode. So after you've listened to this, go ahead, sit down, write down what you really feel joy about, things that make you think that was fun, or that was amazing. Make them hell yes things. And then, as you build that list, 
refer to it every day. Check that you're actually doing some of those things. Maybe even doing all of them every day. Get back in touch with that and have awareness of what it is that brings you joy and how much time you're spending on it. That's the first step. Build it up from there and develop that daily habit of joy that Brent talked about. Brent's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Brent Freeman. That is B-R-E-N-T-F-R-E-E-M-A-N. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Brent Freeman. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Brent, as well as links to the Stealth Venture Labs website, to Brent's personal website, and to the other things that we spoke about in our conversation today, including his social media pages. Now, if you've listened this far into the show, and you love this conversation, and I'm guessing you did if you've listened this far, I'm sure you can think of one other person this would be really useful to. So go ahead. Not only be brave enough to share it with that person, but know that you're doing that person a favour. So go ahead, hit the pause right now and share. Okay, thanks for coming back. Thanks for doing that. Now, make sure you get the episode bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For the cost of just a cup of coffee, you can have your very own permanent record of this show. It comes with an audio recording and a nice graphic. 50% of all the revenue from this episode token goes directly to Brent as the guest and the other 50% goes towards supporting the show. Think of it as a way to support Brent, tell him that you really loved his episode and also supporting the Anova Buzz podcast to keep going. Brent suggested that we have a conversation with speaker and entrepreneur Alden Mills, as well as transformational coach Finian Kelly on future Innova Buzz podcast episodes. So Alden and Finian, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Brent Freeman. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Now remember too to go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel to collect your unique digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community where you'll have direct access to our amazing podcast guests as well as to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.